0: W-B-N-E Howdy, Yolks, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs! I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edchill. And today we're taking princess lessons.
1: Or maybe we're just bonding with Julie Andrews. So catch a falling star. And put it in your pocket. Because today we're bringing you The Princess Diaries. excited to be talking about the princess diaries. Listeners, in case you can't tell, I am not Tyler Carlin. <laughs> and I am not Ethan Edgel. <laughs> I am Mary Claywatt and I am Valerie Winters,
0: and we are guest hosting this week. I won't get into into the details, but long story short, I suggested to Tyler and Ethan that they needed they needed a break, they needed a week off, and I suggested a takeover of some sorts, and then I immediately thought of
1: Valerie and Princess Diaries. I feel and here we are. so honored. <laughs> that when you think Princess Diaries, I'm the first one who comes to mind. Oh that's of the connection I want in my life.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited. I was just... So I watched it, like, I finished it, like, two hours ago as we we're recording this, so it's very fresh in my mind. It just sparked so much joy for me, watching it again
1: after all these years. Right? It still makes me so happy, even though I saw it as a little preteen girl, and it is still one of my favorites.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So, all right, the, the, the details. This is how... I'm de- we're definitely as good as hosts as Ethan and Tyler. Uh, let's see. Directed by Gary Marshall, The Princess Diaries came out on August 5th of 2001. I don't know how many days ago that was. D- people can figure that out yourselves. It was several <laughs> days ago. It was many days ago. Um, It had a budget of $26 million estimated, according to IMDb, and a cumulative worldwide gross of $165,300, no, $335,153. Well done. What a big budget for a Princess Diaries movie, it seems like to me.
1: You know, they had to film some in San Francisco. That's got to get kind of expensive.
0: But yeah, <laughs> Julie Andrews was probably half of that $26 p- million. <laughs>
1: She should have been if she wasn't. <laughs> Worth every penny.
0: Um, Valerie, do you have a positive review for us?
1: I do. This positive review comes from Susan, whose last name I am going to slaughter, W- Wals Walsian Walsiena, uh, perfect from the USA Today, and she says, "Let's put it this way." Uh, she gave it three out of four stars, and hers says, "Let's put it this way: Diaries will be adored by ten-year-old girls who think they're fourteen, going on eighteen, thanks to a comic gem of a performance by Anne Hathaway as the as the gawky San Francisco teen who learns she's heir to the future." throne of a small european nation she's lovely and funny at the same time not as easy as it looks moms meanwhile will delight in recalling their adolescent anxieties and firsts first kiss first car first cup of tea with the queen of genovia
0: i love how it says that it will be adored by 10 year olds and i'm like hi i'm a 25 year old woman who also adores this movie
1: <laughs> right that's why i like that at the end she puts and moms but like i mean and any adult woman like you it's fun From the other side, looking back, you're like, oh, Mm. I remember feeling just that awkward.
0: Yeah, I still am. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our negative review comes from Roger Ebert. And it's a doozy, folks and yolks listening. It's a doozy and it pains me. The Princess Diaries is a march through the swamp of recycled ugly duckling stories with occasional pauses in the marsh of sitcom cliches and the bog of idiot plots. As The Princess Diaries creeps from one painfully obvious plot destination to another, we wait impatiently for the characters on screen to arrive at what has long been clear to the audience. If the movie is determined to be this dim-witted, couldn't it at least move a little more quickly? The metronome is set too slow, as if if everyone is acting and thinking in half time.
1: <laughs> Ouch. It's one of the meanest reviews.
0: I think um I think the and and other reviews that I read, I think it's a valid point about the the pacing and the timing because it is yes. um I uh before I started it, I was like, "Oh, this is like what, an hour and a half long? It's almost 2 hours." It's a it's longer than I remembered.
1: And I mean, it is an ugly, ugly duckling story. He's right there Mm. as well. But just because something is predictable doesn't necessarily make it unenjoyable, in my book.
0: It's so enjoyable. Yes. Oh my gosh! Just
1: I like my review better where it says that Anne Hathaway is a comic gem and Julie Andrews too. Like between the two of them, what a dream team they are in this movie. (laughs) And how lucky too, because this is Anne Hathaway's like first big role. Yeah. And so she really knocked it out of the park. I was looking
0: that up before we were recording. She, So she was, I think, it was like 19 when the movie came out. So probably 18 when they were filming this. And like, what a, like, but The Princess Diaries launched Anne Hathaway's career, which is just so funny to like, look back it's on where it. I first heard of
1: her and... Have loved her ever since.
0: <laughs> I know, like it's where I know her from is from mm-hmm. the Princess Diaries. It's where I know Sandra O oh from. honestly. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you see? She did like a, a during quarantine. She did, Sandra O oh did like a recreation of her scene as the as the principal <laughs> the and it's, vice principal. Yeah, the, and it's fantastic. Okay, what else do do they do at the
0: top of the show? Um, their ratings everyone that we were collecting scores from so we I posted in discord which if you're not a bacon and eggs patron you should become a patron it's three dollars a month to join discord go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs media question mark I think, <laughs> I think is it. theirs yeah <laughs> that sounds right it'll probably be linked in the description um and then I also posted on the Facebook group and scores were like I was very surprised like pleasantly surprised I that thought... there were so many high scores yeah
1: I was very excited I was is like, sweet. Everybody loves this movie as much
0: as I do. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mickey on Facebook gave it an 88 out of 100. Definitely a nostalgic classic, but I like the sequel better, which I think is
1: valid. It's hard to decide which one I like more. Every time I watch one, I'm like, that's the best one. And then I watch the second, and then I'm like, no, that's the best one. And then I just love them both.
0: I know. Um, and then Rachel on Facebook, this one's a bit of a more negative one. Uh, I say negative, it's still a nice review for it. Gave her gave it a 70 out of 100, an iconic movie with a lot of nostalgia factors for those who watched it in middle school, but it's still a silly fun movie
1: that's no cinematic masterpiece. I disagree with you there, <laughs> Rachel. Um, yeah, if my husband Casey can be on last week and claim that Willow is a cinematic masterpiece, then this one is definitely better than that one.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, what do people in Discord say, Valerie?
1: Everyone, again, had positive reviews. I don't have a negative review, but I have a positive one from Robin, and she gave it 86 out of 100 and said, This is one of a small handful of childhood films that I can enjoy now as much as I did back then. I think a lot of people can relate to Mia's awkwardness. The growing relationship between grandmother and granddaughter is so wholesome. Dame Julie Andrews always brings a timelessness to her performance top tier for this genre of movie mu- of movie
0: what a beautiful review <laughs> i know she had it
1: so well written couldn't resist and i like her point that there are a lot of childhood movies that i only watch now out of either nostalgia or like you watch them now and you like laugh at them you're like oh look at how cheesy this is i can't believe mm. i loved it um like we were watching uh the d2 mighty ducks trilogy <laughs> la- last week we like Watched them all. And those were ones that I was like, I remember remember loving. And they're still fun, but like in a fun laugh at them way. Mm -hmm. Whereas this movie is one that I still genuinely enjoy as an adult think it's fantastic
0: yeah yeah I actually um there were a lot of points that I wrote down as being like I enjoyed this I enjoyed like these aspects of the movie a lot more as an adult than I did as a kid like all of the like Joe's character um is so much better as an adult and there's like a lot of There's a lot of jokes and humor that I didn't quite understand when I was younger watching it that like now I get it. So I appreciate and that's Disney does that with a lot of their movies. So, you know, they add in those aspects that are for the adults and aspects for the kids to make it enjoyable for both. So I think this movie just improved with with time for me.
1: (laughs) I wholeheartedly agree because you like you said, yeah, you finally get the other jokes, but you still enjoy just the awkwardness like Anne Hathaway's great at like slap comedy like or physical comedy like she like when she tips mm-hmm. out of her chair and stuff like it still makes me laugh <laughs> <laughs> which apparently Anne Hathaway accidentally fell out of her chair during her audition oh my god <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why they cast
0: her <laughs> And supposedly the the scene where they're they're on the tenant the like tennis courts or basketball courts, and then she slips and falls on the bleachers when she's talking with Lily. Apparently, that actually happened and it wasn't scripted. Yes,
1: also unplanned. And then yeah. Gary Marshall, the director, was like, "Yeah, we're just gonna keep that. Keep it in. It's
0: perfect." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Valerie, what would you rate this out of a hundred? What is your rating?
1: Oh, I love this movie so much. I'm going with an eighty nine out of 100.
0: Nice, nice. Okay. I will enter that into this handy dandy chart. I'll give it an 80 an 87 so- sounds fair to me. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, so before I click enter on this Excel spreadsheet to calculate the the bacon and egg score, the rotten tomatoes score was painfully a 48%. Oh, is that the Rotten Tomatoes, like the critics that's the or critics. the okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> the audience, which is so funny because the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes is a sixty-eight.
1: So See? that's a big difference.
0: It's not a it's not a good like critical film, but audiences just by and large enjoy this film. I think. Uh, the Metacritic score, <laughs> the Metacritic score was a 52, and our average for the listener score is an 84. My score of an 87 and Valerie's score of an 89 brings us to a grand total of 78.2. Ooh, puts it just between Easy A and The Chronicles of Narnia. The chroni- Oh wait, no, I lied. Yeah, wait. Yes. Okay. Because the the sorry, there's lots of numbers on this spreadsheet. I'm not good at numbers and math. Um. Yes. This is just between Easy A and the Chronicles of Narnia because the tiebreaker score for Chronicles of Narnia is a 78.15. I think if I did this correctly. You know what, Tyler and Ethan will just have to figure that out later, maybe. But it looks <laughs> like it's um it's I number 11 possibly valid. on their scoreboard. I um,
1: better than Easy A. Yes. Maybe not quite as grand as Chronicles of Narnia. I think that's fair.
0: Uh, actually, that's uh, flipped. Oh, it, flipped? Uh, on this oh, scoreboard. Oh, come on. It's got to be better than Easy A. <laughs> nope. See, now I on disagree. On this scoreboard, Easy A. It goes Easy A. What movie are we doing? Princess Diaries and then the Chronicles of Narnia. We were joking on the Facebook post for this that <laughs> that it was going to be ended up rating higher than Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> based on everybody like because there are a lot of scores in the 90s for this movie i was very pleasantly surprised by that um but yeah i think that's fair a whole lot better than that rotten tomatoes score of a of a what was it 48 48? i think i said
1: yeah that is brutal they're listening to roger ebert too much uh who apparently put this movie on his worst movies list like most hated movies list like he hates this movie which is just wild to me that you would put that much time into hating a teen movie but
0: (laughs) he's clearly not the intended audience yeah I would say so definitely like what could you possibly have like he probably met Julie Andrews at a premiere somewhere and she like she snubbed was rude him. <laughs> to him or something in some way, but I also don't want to say that because I no, don't. I don't think, think Julian Andrews could no, be rude.
1: I don't think she's mean <laughs> to anybody ever. I know.
0: <laughs> like what did what happened in Roger Ebert's life that made him hate this movie so much? What else is on his most? He hated was never list? a
1: teenage girl. That's. Let me
0: see, Roger Ebert most. Casey hated was saying
1: he's pretty sure Willow is on there also, so that's oh! funny.
0: <laughs> Joe Dirt. North, One Woman or Two, Mad Dog Time. I haven't heard of half of these movies. Yeah. Baby Geniuses.
1: Do you remember oh, that movie? Because I do. I do. It's like vague it's in my memory, but it's bad because it's like voiceover babies. <laughs> The Water Boy is on his most hated list. Oh see, I'm not a fan of that one either, so.
0: The Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> he put Resident Evil and then Resident Evil Apocalypse. So he just really hates Resident Evil. Hellraiser The
1: Village. That's a good movie. See, I I don't like horror, so I've never seen it, but
0: <laughs> Well, The Village isn't necessarily even horror. It's um it's more like suspense Suspense. almost like Mm. suspense mystery kind of disguised as a horror movie anyway yeah whatever roger oh well he's dead so never mind it doesn't matter (laughs) anymore (laughs) i was gonna say he needs to go see the wizard of oz and get a heart (laughs) i have a so okay i can't i can't necessarily remember the first time i watched this movie like it's just always been in my memory and like from, like my memories of growing up in the in the 2000s so I don't remember like when like seeing it for the first time or whatever I think i it was just like perpetually on TV all the time and I don't know at some point or another it just became like so such a commonplace movie for like middle school for elementary and middle school girls in the 2000s it's
1: because it's so funny and so wholesome but no I definitely remember because this was came out in the beginning of August and my birthday's in August. So I was turning 11 and me and a, my mom took me and a friend and we went and saw it in the movie theaters. So I have very fond memories of Princess Diaries from the very beginning and just loving it immediately. In fact, I went home from the movie theater and Nicknamed my younger brother Pookie because he says, uh, Julie Andrews says that you have a cousin who's a baron or whatever, and more fondly known as Pookie. And I thought it was the funniest name. <laughs> and so, my younger brother, like, I nicknamed him Pookie, and the family started calling him that for like years. And I still call him that occasionally, even though he's like That's all so grown funny. up and in the Air Force, but <laughs> he's still Pookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, so you. You were like the exact target I audience was when this came out. I the target audience. Like in the um, the review by Susan that I read, she's like Yeah. She's like 10-year-olds who think they're 14-year-olds going on 18 will love this. And I'm like, "Yes." I watched <laughs> Mia and I was like, "Oh, I feel that awkward, but look, she can grow up and be beautiful and smart and and talk to a large audience and face her fears and and it was like this you know feeling of like i want to be like mia like mia's the coolest mm-hmm. plus i was already a huge i'm a huge mary poppins fan since forever oh, yeah. it's probably my favorite disney movie and uh so julie andrews has always been like my idol in life so i was super excited to see her in princess diaries
0: yeah for sure growing up um we watched we watched a lot of Mary Poppins. Or at least I did. I don't know. I I've, I'm the youngest in my family, so I don't exactly like remember a lot of like the childhood movies. But the things that I watched, at least I remember, was a lot of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and a lot of um, Mary Poppins. Which I know I know um, Julie Andrews isn't in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but it's got Dick Van Dyke, so it's you know feels culturally, connected. Yeah, 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 <laughs> next to each other there. Um, and yeah, Mary Poppins... Pa- Mary, it's just such a. I know, I, I know Tyler and Ethan. have already done Mary Poppins, rightfully so, because it's, it's such a, it's so good, and Julie Andrews is so good, and she's so perfect, and one, she's practically perfect in every way, truthfully.
1: It's true. I was on Sincerely Us, and we did a Julie Andrews two part. Where we did like all of her uh, musical theater and Broadway years on Sincerely Us, and then on my pod, mine and my husband's podcast, Hello from Elsewhere, we did a Julie Andrews in her Hollywood years, um, so that we could just cover her entire life story because I love her so much.
0: <laughs> um, one of my favorite—it's a joke in in Princess Diaries Two: Royal Engagement—that. Um, I think it's I think it's during the mattress surfing scene. She comes in and Mia is like, "Oh, have you done this before?" And she's like, "Oh, no, no, no! But I did do some flying in my days, yes. and I think that was <laughs> Disney's like I don't know, Easter egg joke of her being in Mary Poppins, right? And she knows how to fly, obviously."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So I remember this movie being like a, it was like a sleepover movie for me and a lot of my friends. It was, it was in there. I'm trying to think of like what other movies we would have watched at sleepovers. Um,
1: Oh, that's like, that's where my fear of scary movies comes from is sleepovers. They always wanted to put on a scary movie. And I was like, I hate these. And I started (laughs) telling my friends that my mom was like, I started to blame it on my mom. My mom doesn't let me go to sleepovers even though it was just me not wanting to watch any more scary movies at somebody else's house late at night. <laughs> <laughs> if they'd have been watching Princess Diaries, I would have been there every day. You would time. have been there
0: 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's What are what are some of your favorite moments
1: from Princess Diaries? I love from the very get-go that they start out with Mia as like so awkward. And even kind of like awkward to the point where people think she's like unlikable. Um, when she looks in the mirror in the morning, and she's like, "Well, as always, this is as good as it's gonna get." Good as get. it's gonna get, yeah. It's like <laughs> something I feel like we've all looked in the mirror and we're like, "Well," <laughs> I say that on a daily basis, right?
0: especially like now in quarantine when I'm going out, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm in sweatpants and haven't washed my hair in two days and it doesn't matter that my chin is broken
1: out in acne because I'm going to be wearing a mask so what does it matter (laughs) like (laughs) Like, yeah this is as good as it's going to get and then she goes outside and the neighbor's dog is like barking at her and the neighbor's like be nice muffin or whatever his name is so the dog doesn't like her and then she runs into her neighbor's trash cans with her little electric scooter there and you can tell Mr. Robitussin doesn't like her Or is at least finds her very annoying. Yeah. And she gets to the school and the principal knows Lily's name and is like, and Lily's friend. What a mean principal. (laughs) Yes, Sandra Oh, come on. (laughs) And then cherry on top. Some guy just like sits on her (laughs) and says, sorry, I didn't see you there.
0: Oh my gosh. So just, just so that bad. that opening and then followed scene. up with that scene where she she's trying to give her speech for the debate and then she runs out of the room and throws up. So oh, yeah. yeah, just doing doing a lot to establish
1: that, that she is incredibly invisible. awkward. She is invisible unless she's about to puke in her debate class. Which is that like a good time Mary Clay, what's your most embarrassing school story? Oh God! Have you have you almost puked in a debate class? <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. I don't know because
0: I'm. I don't want to be the kind. I don't want to say like, oh, I never got embarrassed when I was in in school because I'm sure there were moments of that. But like, I'm such a person who I make fun of myself a lot and I laugh off a lot of things. Um, mostly what hurt, like, watching the movie were was, like, all of the, all of the, like, popular kids picking on her or they would, like, pretend to be nice to her and then do something secretly mean that, like, really hurt me because that's definitely something that I experienced in, like, like, throughout all of school. Um, What's something that, I don't know, probably something in gym, like, Mia... <laughs> When she throws the baseball and hits her coach in the back of the head like that's oh actually yeah and I do remember one time in gym class we were playing volleyball and I went to like jump up to to block something and I totally missed it and the volleyball just smacked me dead in the face and like. I can't describe the burning sensation (laughs) that came from, I don't know if it was the act of the volleyball smacking me in the face or the humiliation of trying to do something so confidently in gym class, which I am not skilled athletically at all and then
1: just completely failing miserably i have always related to mia so much too yeah in gym class like again mine was volleyball i could never ever serve it from the back line over the net never it never made it Mm -hmm. and so you have like your two shots and then you like rotate to the next person and everybody just like knew they're like well that's gonna be a bust valerie can't even get it over the net (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wasn't the only one who couldn't, but you're still like, man, I look ridiculous here. Why are we doing a whole section on volleyball? A whole, like, you know, where you, like, split it up and, like, oh, you're doing volleyball for, like, three weeks.
0: Why, like, why is, why is gym class and... In school, such as a scarring experience. I mean, at least, like at least it is for me. For all of those freaking athletic kids and popular kids that just don't care, and for them, gym is a fun time. Just could not
1: relate at all. Just everything about it is bad. From like locker room experiences, where it's like oh. you're like a little preteen. It's your first time, like having to like change in front of other people, to like not being able to properly do the sports. The only time it got better is when I was, like, in high school and you started to have options. Uh, Like, instead, you could take regular PE or you could take, like, a weight training class. Okay, that was a lot of fun. Or we did, like, like I got to take, like, a Pilates class one semester. And I was like, all right, that I can do. Um, But, yeah, so I definitely relate to Mia when she's like, I am a rock climbing, horseback riding, yoga doing girl girl. My hand-eye coordination is not there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another thing, though, about about Mia and and like my, I don't know, upbringing, my experience in school is that my eyebrows for the majority of my adolescence looked like Mia's. (laughs) And it's it's such a shame because that's what's
1: in. Yeah, exactly. Are like, the like fuller, bushier eyebrows? That's a joke I did not get when I was a kid. But when Paulo is giving her the makeover, and he's like, "I yes! love your eyebrows," we we'll named them Frida and Kahlo. Yes. <laughs> and then he's like, "If Groucho Marks and Brooke Shields had a baby, they would have your eyebrows." Like all of those references went way over my totally head, totally over my head. Yeah. But now I'm like, yes, those are all people who are mm-hmm. very much known for their, you know, very full, bushy eyebrows.
0: Yeah. Which and, is um, in style now. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, what would her... I guess let, let's talk about le- the, the whole kind of nowadays, like, problematic aspect of the makeover, um, especially given that, like, her curly hair is straight, is, like, chemically straightened. That's probably my least favorite
1: part. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and curly like, curly hair is beautiful, and there are great ways to... Uh, I don't know, you know tame probably isn't the right yeah, word. Yeah, like but style it. Great and take to care like, of it properly style it and take care uh-huh. of it properly so that your curls are are beautiful. Um, and like I don't have curly hair, but I know from friends who do, like the last thing you do is take like a, a brush to your curly yes, hair.
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So her her makeover is definitely a very. Cause this mo- Yeah, so this movie came out in 2001, so this is very definitively a 2000s look of, yes. like, thin eyebrows were in.
1: Um, straight, I can tell that, sleek like, hair. Yeah, straight, sleek hair. Which, when Gary Marshall was doing the screen tests, his granddaughters were watching with him for, like, who should be Mia. And his granddaughter said that she should be Mia because she had princess hair, like the straight, really smooth, sleek hair. That was the- his granddaughter's vote princess hair she she already had princess hair so it would Mm -hmm. work out well and yeah
0: i mean like it ultimately it ultimately comes down to like oh well that that was her final look because that's probably more what Anne hathaway actually looked like as opposed to like oh we're gonna give her curly hair and then make it that would have been very beautiful high
1: maintenance because she doesn't have curly hair yeah she had to wear like a like a bunch of layered piece you know um wigs or Uh, wigs but like a a weave (laughs) yeah kind of kind of like a weave like they uh did a lot of that to give her like this really bushy hair Mm -hmm. and apparently lots of other girls on the set were like you know Anne hathaway would hear like whispers like well i'm way prettier than she is like why did she get the part and so her real life experience is very much like (gasps) princess mia's movie experience where they're like oh okay now that you don't have a giant bushy hair and, you know, crazy eyebrows and take the glasses away and put on a little bit of makeup. Um, so that was really interesting that she had the same experience on set from some of the other girls. Oh, poor Ian Hathaway. That's... I, I love her, though. A lot of the funniest parts from the movie come like we're at her suggestion. The idea that the hairbrush would break in her hair. That was her suggestion. Um, this shot where she is has the retainer in her mouth, like that's her actual retainer, and she's like, "I can't talk in this thing." I was
0: kind of wondering,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: because I was like, she actually has the retainer in because you can hear her speeches is, is affected by it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, did they make a retainer for her to use for the-? Oh, that's so funny.
1: That is like her retainer, and Gary Marshall like was like, "Yes, I love that you can't talk in this. Let's." Just- Put that in there. And
0: that's also super realistic for for teenagers, you Mm -hmm. know? Right. You'd have your retainer in at night. It should have been for for those of us who were, for people who were good and actually wore their (laughs) retainers. And then, you know, there's me. Let's see. When did I? Let's see. I got my, I had my braces. I got them, I think, at the end of eighth grade. And I got them off kind of like a third of the way into 10th grade. I do remember I got my braces off one week after the school play that I was in and I was like really I couldn't have had them off the week before Before. I was in the school play I think I yeah so I had retainers obviously which like you're supposed to wear for basically the rest of your life if you don't want your teeth to move and I probably wore them I don't know a year two years but I do remember one time like I was coming back from camp And I was supposed to have like a check-in appointment with my orthodontist and I hadn't been wearing my retainers. So I went to like put them in and just be like, oh, I'll just wear them for the kind of like before you go before you go to the dentist, you like furiously brush your teeth and floss and use mouthwash. I've been doing
1: this for months. I promise. Yeah. (laughs) As if
0: they can't tell. (laughs) And I went to put my retainers in for like the week beforehand and it hurt and it I was like oh this is not this isn't happening anymore
1: oh man yeah I didn't have to have braces but m- most of my siblings did so I remember very them experiencing that I always looked painful every part of it
0: they were never really painful for me at least I don't know like there were just there were a lot of things that you couldn't eat because of it like you couldn't bite into an apple you had to cut the apple up you couldn't eat popcorn if you like you couldn't have corn on the cob because those are foods that like would get stuck in your in in the braces or possibly break them or something. So now that I'm like looking back on it, I'm like, seriously, I went two years of my life without ever like biting into a whole apple or (laughs) like eating popcorn. I eat popcorn all the time. Like, how did I go two years of my life without eating popcorn? That doesn't sound right to me. (laughs)
1: sacrifices you make for straight teeth. I know, teeth.
0: right? For my teeth that are now not exactly straight anymore because I was supposed to be wearing my retainers after all these years.
1: <laughs> you know, we all do our best. And as teenagers, I mean, I'm impressed she's still wearing her retainer, so. I know, yeah. Yeah, because she, yeah, yeah, age 18, 19, when she was... She's right. so she funny to been me that she out was so of, young. Um, She would have been out of braces for a while at that point. It is interesting that she's supposed to be playing somebody so much younger though like she's supposed to be 15 going on 16 which in high school actually, years like I mean I feel like it's she's passable as a 15 year old yeah I didn't feel like it was totally weird I think it's better than some Hollywood movies or
0: TV shows do where they, they'll cast someone who is like clearly a 25 year old to 30 year old person as a teenager which right. is just you know unrealistic to begin with so I think it is at least I was still, I was still a little surprised that like oh she was she was probably eighteen when they were filming this that's three years older um I mean of course like the gap between what an what a fifteen year old looks like and an eighteen year old looks like is way different than you know what a twenty one year old looks like versus a twenty four year old yeah um, and I'm sure she t- actually she actually does have that she does have a line of like I'm still waiting for normal body parts to
1: arrive <laughs> I can't run a country yes. Oh, let's talk about how very early thousands this movie is. Right? Like it's, I feel like in some ways I watch it and I'm like, okay, this movie still holds up. And then in other ways I'm like, but certain things are very early aughts. Like Lily's hair is is like Lizzie McGuire hair. Every scene. It
0: looks like specifically um, Lizzie McGuire's friend Miranda. Yes. I think. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There's definitely some uh, style choices there that were made mm-hmm. um the outfits that Mandy Moore and you know that Lana and her backup singers sing
0: just and, like, the presence of Mandy Moore yes. in this movie because the early 2000s really pushed Mandy Moore on us yes. they were like she's gonna be the next big thing <laughs> And now I couldn't I couldn't tell you what Mandy Moore has been
1: doing since the Princess Diaries. I mean, in she's 2001. been in This Is Us, which is oh, an, is she? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And she, <laughs> okay, I mean, I'll her that. she voices uh, Rapunzel in Tangled. That's
0: right. Okay, so all right. right. Okay. okay, maybe I'll all right. <laughs> I'll backtrack. I'll backtrack. But yeah, yeah. Mandy Moore is in it, trying to like spark her her singing career. I think possibly with that the stupid Cupid song. I think she already had an album out at that point in the age of like. Um, Back in the day, when they tried to turn every single Disney Channel like teen star into a pop singer of some kind, yes. like every <laughs> single show, the leader, the lead had a a song. They could of some always kind. sing.
1: How can these kids always sing? How are they? I just don't know. I guess in Disney Channel everything.
0: Acting Academy, they they make sure you
1: you're a triple threat. <laughs> it's a class you take. I also love that uh, Eric Von Detten, who who plays um what's his name in the movie uh but he plays brink did you ever see brink oh that's that's the same guy (laughs) oh my gosh (gasps) okay we're josh that's his name josh Josh. Mm -hmm. yeah oh my gosh josh with his hair that's it his hair is so early thousands too like (gasps) you even get the shot of him at the locker where he's like putting the mousse in it to make it look perpetually wet. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm just reeling from the fact that that's the same guy from
0: Brink. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's just so, that's so funny. Casey and I
1: watched that a few weeks ago. You watched Brink? (laughs) Brink? How does, how does, how does that hold up? Uh, not great. Still funny. Still fun (laughs) to laugh at, but definitely not the best DCOM out there. the, Disney Channel original movie. When I uh so I got I picked up roller skating as one of my quarantine
0: activities. Yes. Um I think so in like cool. September, October. And I'm not very good, which is fine, but like every time I go roller skating, I pretend that I'm <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I'm in brink.
1: brink. <laughs> yes.
0: And such it just like makes me laugh so much because it was just such a corny, like quintessential decom, which yes. I, I know Tyler and Ethan do not care for decoms, but that's fine. I care for them in the sense that like they're just fun to look back on.
1: Absolutely. They are part of our childhood. Like, I mean, I waited. They would advertise for like a month or two, yes. like leading up to the new Disney Channel original movie. Mm-hmm. And it was like planned. Okay mom I need the TV this night and let's get some snacks let's like <laughs> invite friends over. I remember
0: having to like at one point in my childhood having to ask my parents what does because they were they would always go like eight seven central and I'm yeah. like what does that mean <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah Josh is a is quite the character in this movie um and it just made me it just made me laugh so much because like again it's something that like I like, you know, I now have the hindsight as an adult to look at his character and the things that he does and says and to be like, Mia, he's obviously playing you. Like, can't you see what he's doing? He doesn't care about you. He's so arrogant and full of himself. Like, he's such a prick. I hate him. And but like, surely when I was, you know, a a preteen watching this, I also thought Josh was dreamy.
1: Yeah, that uh, was was her mom. Mia's mom calls it, you know, that Backstreet Boy wannabe. <laughs>
0: yeah, another another great two thousands moment for us. Yes, If you're referencing Backstreet Boys. I saw a TikTok where some kid was. They were going through. They were talking about songs, and they were bring, they brought up a song from Insync, and it was like, bye 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 N Y S. Wait, no. How do you spell Insync? Hang on, I have to type this out. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> they like, spelled it out basically. In what? n-s-y-n-c yeah there we yeah. go they're like they're like bye 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 n-s-y-n-c and everyone was like i'm sorry did you just say n-s-y-n-c <laughs> <laughs> like it was rem or something That's fantastic <laughs> and everyone's like oh we're old if you don't know what in sync is <laughs>
1: we've got to talk about her princess lessons like i mean first of all if you're gonna pick a queen for any movie julie andrews oh so good just what comes to mind but i love that she's not entirely stuck up um that she also has really funny moments where she gets to like do comedy you don't often see julie andrews as comedic but she definitely is the scene where she's like we do not schlump around (laughs) yes that's my favorite too we don't schlump like this and she like hunches her shoulders and Mm -hmm. marches past and then when we get to her softening and she goes to the arcade with Mia and actually yes. you know plays the dirty games and I enjoys I really love that the that <laughs> moment of her after um
0: after that disastrous dinner scene which like it I am never good with secondhand embarrassment stuff oh, that's why I, I it's agree. why I don't like the office
1: yeah Michael drives me for nuts. me
0: yeah <laughs> and and like to this day that dinner scene Just, oh, it just makes me cringe so hard because it's just so terribly awkward. I knew my mom was going to call me today and I knew it was going to be as we were recording. (laughs) I knew it. And I almost sent her a text and said, hey, you're not you. You might not hear from me today, but it's okay. I'm still alive. She's always (laughs) like, where are you? I haven't heard from you. And I'm like, I'm in my home like everyone else has been. Hopefully for the last ten months, you're like I don't go anywhere, mom. <laughs> I don't fine. go anywhere. Mom. <laughs> anyway, um, God, what was I saying? Oh yeah, about the the dinner scene. It's so cringy, and 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 so terrible and awkward, and and she's so out al- out of her element. And then you have this wonderful scene that's like the next morning or the next day where you see Clarice like soften up and and feel bad for her, and you see her realize like how bad mia feels that she messed it up and she's really embarrassed and she says like let's take the day off
1: yes and she also tells her that she relates like she's like it reminds yeah. me of my first you know royal dinner where i knocked an a suit of armor over and the spear went right through the suckling pig yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is just a great image so that royal that dinner scene when mia lights the guy next to her lights his sleeve on fire yeah, uh, it was supposed to go out when she put it in the ice bucket and it didn't. So then that's just <gasps> that's just Anne Hathaway, like freaking out and pouring her cup of water on it because she was like, oh, shoot, it didn't go out. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. Also, just gives me listeners.
0: Last night I recorded with Casey and Valerie for That's What I'm Talking About. And we were talking about the Pyre of Thor. And that obviously has a lot of, of flame and fire elements to it. So now I'm just having like flashback, like f- fire on a movie set. It's just a hard thing to to, to work control. with, yeah. let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like the like small character moments of the I don't know what their their titles are, but it's the two grown ups who kind of like help her out at that dinner. And they
1: like it's eat the, the, the th- prime minister and his wife. That's it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And like they're nice to her, and which how do you not know that it's like frozen? Like I mean, if you're gonna look at a bowl of like sorbet and you like cut into it, say yeah, you gotta know it's frozen. Also, I would
0: never, even if I knew it was sorbet or ice cream, I wouldn't take that big of a bite. You know, (laughs) like
1: such a big bite. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Like so when they oh when her car runs into the. Oh my god. The Pretend Trolley, it's like a tour bus. And uh I love the whole like Order of the Rose, which is just another yes. great Queen Clarice moment.
0: Which again is something that I didn't I didn't like fully understand like what this scene was about, or like what it was doing mm. when I was younger, I didn't really get that. Like, oh, she's like making this whole thing up just to get Mia out of the ticket and to get them out of trouble, and she's like flattering them and bribing them. I didn't really like understand what was happening. So yeah, watching it, watching it now, I was like, oh, this is great, and and shows like a fun side to Clarice too, where she can she can break the rules occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, ju- when they crash, this is another another thing i didn't get as a kid the nuns we have a shot of the nuns who call nine one one, and one of them says they put me on hold and the other one says like oh for god's
1: sake or something like that and you're like i don't think the nun would take the lord's name in vain
0: i know but okay it's so
1: funny it just made yeah it made me laugh out loud also apparently that older nun is from like some i forget the name of it. it's like a horror movie with Was like nuns. yeah horror movie with <laughs> who knew we would talk so much about horror movies coming in to talk about um uh, princess diaries um, oh here we go okay so oh no never mind apparently the baroness the one who plays baroness von Troken she plays the demon nunge in, nun in the Conjuring film franchise.
0: Oh, okay. You know what? She
1: kind of looks like she would be in a horror movie, so I the, believe that. She's got like a very Snape, you know, where they always describe it as like a hooked nose. Mm-hmm. She's got very unique features. They definitely stand Yeah,
0: up. Her, um... She has like beady eyes, and also her her character, of- which is just
1: the best when her husband is like, "You would look beautiful on a postage on a stamp. stamp," and then you turn and like then you see her. <laughs> it's a great moment.
0: And at the at the end of the movie when. Mia's accepted her accepted the the crown or whatever and they're mad and he's try he like tries to s- he steals a vase like just out of pettiness yes. he's like <laughs> and fine, then I'm gonna take this and then you see Charlotte later put it back
1: <laughs> so the uh, Charlotte is actually played by Gary Marshall's daughter fun fact oh also he like stalked the film like with background people that are his family because his son, when there's the photographer, when uh, Mia says, "Who are you guys looking for?" and he goes, I'm "Looking for you, princess." That's his son. And then so nepotism was just rampant in these exactly. films. Exactly. The little girls that uh, Mia talks to when she's signing autographs—those two little girls—are mm-hmm. his granddaughters. Aw. And then his wife is in it. When <laughs> I love this. You know how Mia broke the statue, uh, yes. and the finger comes off, and she hurries and like puts it in. <laughs> The mouth of the statue, and there's the one lady there saying like, "Well, they're famous for their cheese. Maybe it's string cheese. String cheese, yeah. <laughs> and that is Gary Marshall's wife. So, oh, that's fun. That's so funny. There's your list of Marshall family cast in Princess Diaries. <laughs> I want to talk
0: about about Lily and how. Again, another thing that I didn't realize until, you know, growing up and looking back on it is that Lily is a terrible friend for most of this movie.
1: I had the same thought. But then it gives Mia this fantastic moment where she finally stands up to Lily. Yes! Oh, it's so good. I think it all works out well because I think we've all had those friends who I don't think Lily means to be mean in any ways. But up to this point, Mia has always been very much like go with the flow and probably just let mm-hmm. Lily do what she wants and lets Lily pick things. Um, You know how there's lots of friends who are just easier to follow than to fight with like they're a natural leader yeah. and so you're just like alright that's fine and especially if you're like me I'm totally cool like I just uh, I'm not picky about things I'm like yeah that's fine sure I'm happy to just go with the flow and so I think a lot of times people will push that until you push back mm-hmm. and so we finally get that moment where Mia's like you know shut up like I just because your hair sucks get off mine <laughs> like
0: oh yes oh my god and Michael is like ooh, He's, burn thank right? you and like shakes her hand so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then we also have there's like a lot of there's a lot of moments throughout the movie of both of them kind of being bad friends to each other because mm-hmm. Mia does she completely She like double books herself for that Saturday because first she sets up like, oh, yeah, like let's have a date night, Michael. And Mm -hmm. I forget exactly even like what the the date was. He was going to like fix her car and they were going to fix her car together and he
1: was going to listen. They were going to listen to her his band's new music. They've got some new songs they're practicing, which is great because he so he's the actual lead singer of uh, Rooney. Oh, is he? Uh huh. Oh, I had no idea. So his name is oh, his last name Schwartzman. What's his first name? Michael? No, Michael's his movie name. Um, okay, oh, uh, oh, Robert Schwartzman is his name, and he's the lead singer of Rooney. And he, but he actually plays guitar and does vocals. He doesn't actually play the keyboard. Although I always wanted a keyboard full of M and M's.
0: Yes. Why is why does that image like stick so heavily? Like, and it's such a random, what a random thing for the for the movie director to
1: be like, hey, we're gonna put M Ms on this keyboard. It's just Michael's thing because then later he gets. I also always wanted to give somebody a pizza with M Ms. Sorry, Spells spells something out with M Ms on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Robert Schwartzman, lead singer of Rooney. Also, he, uh, his brother's Jason Swart- Schwartzman. I don't, know, I don't you, know who that is. Um, let's see. What would you know him from? He is. I don't know a lot of people. I'll I'll just throw he's throw in, that out um, there. He's in like Grand Budapest Hotel, and he's also in um he's in like all of Wes Anderson's movies, and he's got like the dark see, brown hair. I and see, I haven't seen any of those. Um, what else would you know him from?
0: See, we, we were discussing on Tolkien about that. I am more familiar with John Rhys-Davies as being the villainous uncle in Princess Diaries 2 <laughs> Royal Engagement than being Gimli <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. Um, okay, yeah, he looks familiar. I don't know where I would have seen him in because all of these movies that you're listing off, I'm not a distinguished movie person. I watch, I watch dumb movies. Most of the time. <laughs>
1: Unless it's Princess Diaries. Then it's high class it's quality, high quality film.
0: Cinematic <laughs> masterpiece. Yes. A hundred out
1: of a hundred. Yeah, 100%. No, I've definitely picked up more of Casey's ability to... He knows everybody. I'm always like, who's that one guy in this one thing? And I can give him like bare minimum details, and he <laughs> knows every time who I'm talking about. That's very impressive. It is. And so I've picked up more of that uh, habit, or at least just paying more attention to who the actors and people are behind the characters. Because when we first got married, Casey owned like 60 movies and I owned like six, like literally I only owned six movies. And of course Princess Diaries was one of them. But you know <laughs> so if you had to choose between uh Josh, who, you know, is a total yuppie with his slicked hair and his yacht and, or his little, you know, his boat there. And yeah, then the sailboat. His that little is sailboat.
0: Called, it's called the Josher. The Josher. The <laughs> like, I think I just noticed that for the first time the this best watch detail. through.
1: Oh, my gosh. Or you've got Michael who eats a ton of M&Ms and fixes cars and plays music. Yeah. So that's
0: actually, I, yeah, I remember what I was going to say now, which is that, like, Michael isn't, he's not that, like, dreamy looking. No. Which I guess is fine. You know, it, you know it's a realistic,
1: more realistic. Yeah. yeah
0: it's different um, from the normal
1: movie trope. Mm-hmm.
0: And also she said when they like eventually kiss and get together and he's like why me and she says because you saw me when i was invisible. Not really. I think they have like
1: one scene before her makeover. We see it though because she goes in and checks on his car and he's like volunteering to do like some work on the car for free and yeah. and doc he's like oh are you sweet on her and he kind of deflects but like he clearly is interested. Yeah, so okay. I think we get. I think we get enough hints that you're like, okay, he's had a crush on her for a while. Because
0: it's not, I don't know. I think it's just a little bit. Maybe there could have been like one more scene that like established that pre-makeover. Because it's not until they're It's not until after her makeover that they start setting up this like car fixing, music listening date, right. Um, Oh, which I want to, okay, I think we need, we should talk about some of the, some of the like iconic lines and moments from this movie. And one of them comes from that scene where they're talking about the date and in the background Lily is running up and she's like, hey, wait for me, wait for me. And then someone turns around and she goes, not you. I don't even know you.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Speaking of Mia and Michael, I love when he shows up uh, to drop off her car and she gives him the final payment, and she's, like, got the the pore strip on poor her nose.
0: Strip. Oh, my
1: gosh. She rips it. It's got to hurt so bad. You know what? I made Casey do one with me the other a couple weeks ago, months ago, and, uh, and he's like, these hurt so bad. Like, why do people <laughs> do this? Beauty is pain, darling. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, they are. Truly painful. Pulling one off again. That was a suggestion from Anne Hathaway to have a pore strip on her nose during that shot, which just makes it so much better. And I love that Gary Marshall was so willing to just adapt and like take her suggestions. Yeah, I was gonna say for for something that like this was
0: one of her first like breakout roles. Yes, for her to like so be able be able to like so comfortably suggest these these things and then also to have the director take you seriously and be like yeah that's funny let's do that yeah it's like really
1: awesome to it's hear. a great like shows their mutual understanding relationship like he's cool enough to be like yeah that is funny like admit it and she's brave enough to suggest it which if it was my first time on a big movie i'd be like no, sure. Whatever you say we're going to do, I'll do. That's fine. Like, <laughs> you're in charge. I don't think I'd have the guts to know, be yeah. like, you know what would be really funny is this.
0: Especially, like, if my main, like, scene partner was Julie frickin' Andrews. And yes. this is, like, the
1: first, mo- like, big movie that you're doing. I say big movie. And this was her first big movie in Yeah. over, a, like, See, this was 2001. I think her movie before, like, I mean, she had some in, like, the late 80s. It had been at least a decade, I think, since she had been in any major films.
0: Um, List of Anne Hathaway performances. Because I was, I was looking up to see, like, was this her first, like, major movie or something? Uh,
1: Julie Andrews was the one I was, yeah. So she had... not Oh, you were talking about Julie yeah. Andrews. Gotcha. So Julie Andrews hadn't been in any big films for, like, a decade, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. And so this was, like, her first time kind of, like, back... Um, Like they had thought about having uh, Helen Mirren play the grandmother, which I think would have worked, but I think she would have been a little more stern. Yeah, I don't know. Julie Andrews has such a good job of being bold. like it's like a Mary Poppins role where she can be Mm -hmm. strict, but you know that she's loving and she's got a lot of like
0: kindness behind her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I wonder like what that pitch was then to get her on board for this, you know, if she like hadn't been come doing back. anything for a while, you know, to be like, hey, come back. We're going to do this movie where you're the queen of Genovia. <laughs> Which, side note, you know, Genovia is doing... Pre- Mia Thermopolis is, a, is doing such a great job as the leader of Genovia because they haven't had
1: any coronavirus cases. Yes. They're
0: doing fantastic during all of this. There's
1: probably, like, some great natural remedy inside their special genovian pears the pears yeah it's like keeping them all healthy <laughs> they're like a pear a day keeps corona away yeah <laughs> a genovian pear a day very specifically yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> i love the details that they put into genovia like that they're famous for pears and cheese which is just kind of random and they mentioned that it's like part of the european union and in fact on the consulate house the flags there there's like the genovian flag and then beneath that is a european union flag so they've like put in these details where they're like to establish it to make you think it's real i'm pretty sure it took me probably a couple years when i was 11 to be like oh yeah that's not an actual country i was
0: was gonna say (laughs) i think it i i think it also took me a a while to figure out that Genovia was not a real country, unfortunately.
1: You're like, dang, why isn't it real? (laughs) I know. I
0: want to go somewhere where Julie Andrews is our queen. Sounds like... And Anne Hathaway is our princess. Totally fine with all of that. I also just love the way Julie Andrews says, like, you are the princess of Genovia. Her delivery right there is so good. (laughs) She's just so elegant and wonderful in it.
1: I like moments where we see their... Relationship evolve and yeah. um, and soften a lot. Like when she comes and and tells Mia that Mia's there, like doing yoga in the old, you know, her firehouse. I love that mm-hmm. they live in a firehouse. <laughs> Which side
0: note, it's such a cool house. Like so there, cool. I do. I always remember, wanted like, to
1: live in a firehouse. There were
0: so many aspects of Mia's life that I'm like, I want that because they, the way that she and Lily ride to school on their electric scooters. Yes. And they live in this old firehouse, and she and her mom do quirky things like paint with balloons and darts. Mm -hmm. It's just so cool. And I'm like, I want to be you, Mia. (laughs) Uh,
1: I know. She may have felt invisible, but she had a pretty cool life. I know. Like, her life was
0: pretty cool, yeah.
1: But yeah, so when uh, Queen Clarice comes and she's talking to her, and and Mia at the end of their little conversation says, you know, I'm... I am sorry that, like, she's not going to be princess. And she says, you know, oh, you are first and foremost my grandmother or my granddaughter. And yeah. she goes and, like, like suddenly decides to hug her. It feels like a very British moment where it's, like, she's so royal and proper that you don't show affection naturally. But it's very mm-hmm. important for her in that moment to illustrate to Mia that she yeah. cares. And so that little, that little hug. And then she pulls back with a... Like a little sigh <sighs> and then she just like leaves because you know, now it's awkward because <laughs> I hug <hugged> somebody. <laughs>
0: And also, we should mention that's that moment is kind of due to Joe calling her out and saying, like, I think you were a bit harsh. And she says, as a queen for criticizing the, you know, possible next princess, I don't think I was harsh at all. She needs to she needs to be able to take criticism. And he says, like, No, I think you were harsh as a grandmother talking to her granddaughter. Um, and Joe is just so it's a good again something that, like, I pre- I'm able to appreciate more. He's so, like, wise beyond his years um, and also, like, has a, a lot of, like, great dry humor, too, throughout the movie that I appreciate more. I just appreciate Joe a whole lot more as an adult.
1: Yes, because as a kid, I think I also missed a lot of his and Queen Clarice's a uh, little like behind the scenes romance, yes, and but I think so it's sweet it too. is sweet, and I think we often, you know, in our younger years, are like, well. Old people aren't still in love, like yeah, you know? they
0: don't they don't fall in love with people. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, no. So I yeah. love
1: that it normalizes that a bit. though it's like, yeah, she has her own. She's queen, but she has her own personal life and interests as well. And and it's mm-hmm. natural to fall in love at any age. And it um and when it comes, spoiler alert for Princess Diaries
0: two, royal engagement. When it <laughs> you know it you know. They don't just drop that plot line and they keep it going, and it's exactly. it's much more of a of a presence in the sequel that that Joe wants to be with her, but she is like, no, I'm the queen, I can't marry my butler or chauffeur or whatever his his term is, he's um, head of security, and then when they eventually and then the the whole the whole twist of of you know it's not gonna be mia's wedding and it turns into her wedding with joe because she does and i think mia actually says it she's like you deserve to be happy and in love too even though you know you've been alone for so long now since your husband's died and you also deserve to be happy and kind of like hands the wedding over to her
1: exactly Such a good moment. Mm -hmm. So, when are we coming back on to discuss Princess Diaries? Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll just have to. Um, um, I'll just have to kidnap Tyler and Ethan again. Um, I mean, I definitely, I didn't, I didn't do that this week. That's not how we're here. They're definitely not, um, tied up in my basement right now. Um, (laughs) No, just kidding. Yeah, we'll have to do Princess Diaries 2 royal engagement, Um, starring uh, John Reese Davies in his most notable role as uh, (laughs) Chris Pine's uncle.
1: (laughs) 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 Plus, we've got Chris Pine. I mean, what's not to love?
0: Oh, it's so. Okay, so. So the moment when she is kissing, I'll bring this back to to Chris Pine in in, in a second. Of course, um, she's t- she sets up this whole idea of the foot pop.
1: Yes, um, which I like, to talk about that.
0: By the way, definitely set a standard in my young self of like, oh, so like that's what romance is supposed to be—is you <laughs> kiss and your foot pops. Um, and she has like. You know, awkward encounters, and then when it finally does pay off, when she and Michael kiss, and her her foot hits the switch, and the lights in the garden illuminate and and everything. Which which, by the way, you do hear um, Clarice earlier in the movie telling charlotte like i want this garden to be like totally revamped and i want there to be fountains and lights and everywhere like we need to make it look beautiful so we heard that before and then like this big reveal and the beautiful romantic kiss and as wonderful as that moment is all it made me want to do is watch Princess Diaries two for when she and Chris Pine kiss at like the garden party thing
1: mm-hmm. when they're
0: they're still like enemies and, and whatnot and then they kiss and, and they her foot the pops <laughs> yes and
1: her and foot the, pops <laughs> without and it's without the foot her pop it's like without her wanting yes, to that's when you know it's, it's that's true like, love like what alerts her she's like oh shoot my foot popped but then she's trying to like put it back down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's like don't do that. Uh, we've got to talk about during that kiss with Michael, who comes in his hair. I mean, we already we already mentioned he's not like the most handsome, uh, you know, character. Or I don't know. Fellow around, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, as far as like romances go, they usually pick like the be- most pretty people they can find, and so he's more of an average guy. But I do feel like he's genuinely cute until they give him this like Wolverine slicked back hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't like, look If that's his idea of fancy, come on, Michael. Great.
0: Well, also we do. There's the great moment when she shows up and she is wet and where you know is wearing sweatpants and jeans and everything. Um, and we have that we have that reporter who's yes. like so aggressively She's like speaking into her recording recorder. it for like Teen Vogue. Yeah, <laughs> She's like yeah. She's wearing
1: like, the sweatshirt, dre- jeans, and docks, which yeah. my older it's- sister had. Those exact same Doc they <laughs> yeah, were She's
0: sporting a a grunge look, I think yes. maybe is like what she yes, says she or something. <laughs> Trying to figure out like, ooh, what's the style choice here? And then we have Lily in the audience being like, we could have worn that. We look ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> it is a sweet, I mean, it's still a sweet moment when she, which I have, I have a question about that. After she's... Declare that she's going to accept the crown and she's made up beautifully again and walks out in her gown. And then, um, Clarice dances and then she just stands there circling around looking for someone to dance with her. So mm-hmm. if Michael hadn't showed up and walked out, and they, which is various, were they just like not planning for anyone to dance with her? Was she just going to stand like there and look around? There's
1: a moment where, um, Oh, what's it? So Lily's there, and she brings her friend Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah, that's right, with the with the bright red hair. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a moment where he's kind of stepping forward just a little bit, like maybe, maybe be like yeah, I'll dance with her, right? Like maybe to rescue her if it doesn't end up how she expects it to but then it's when like michael comes and steps right between mia and jeremiah but i get they're like oh you're i get the feeling from like the look on his face and the way he's just like a half a step in front of lily that he was like oh maybe i should go help out like Mm -hmm. lily should have just gone and danced with her is what should have happened yes
0: (laughs) um just kind of like talking about like oh what would this movie you know talking about like how her makeover would have been different had it been set more recently um i think i'm pretty sure that lily would have been a lesbian had it been made in Mm. 2021 interesting could have totally worked but. I think she. I don't know. I, I she gives she gives off a lot of lesbian vibes for me. Of course, that's debunked in Princess Diaries two Royal Engagement when um she and the the guy lead guard guy,
1: <laughs> the prettiest girls riding in the stang. Yes. Speaking of the end Genovian Independence Day ball um, when they're all dressed up in their fancy dresses. I mean, I always loved Mia's dress, but um. They're jewels. So Julie Andrews got real Harry Winston tiara and and necklace and bracelet to wear. So she had like security guards around her in between all <gasps> oh the my takes gosh. because she had like legit expensive jewelry. Whereas uh, Anne Hathaway's jewelry, like her tiara, is all like cubic zirconium. Like she didn't oh, need any fun. guards. <laughs>
0: I they feel didn't, like that's also, they didn't put
1: anything on the 17 year old acting, you know, that
0: also works for like their characters, you know, that like Clarice would be wearing the real deal and then they would give Mia the like fake version just in case she like tripped and fell and broke it or something or <laughs> lost it, you know,
1: <laughs> right, which again, jump ahead to Princess Diaries two. like that's one of the best scenes is when you see her closet. All you get the closet makeover, right? <laughs> and yes. then they like pop out. She's like, "I had a selection of crown jewels brought up for you," and you're like, "Man, those are all so pretty, crown jewels, the crown, Gosh, so jewels. fancy." Yeah. yeah, I know.
0: Oh, and then also since we're talking about the the end of the movie, what like what an iconic way to end a movie with miracles happen. Like, just the song is so
1: good. I think it was made for the such movie. Such a wholesome way to probably, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a made for movie song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, miracles um, I tweeted the other five. day
0: that there are two acceptable ways to end a movie with a song, and it's miracles happen or. Perfect day. A la legally blonde <laughs> is what I was kind of also thinking yes. about with the montage of, of Elle giving the graduating speech and you're you're getting a catch up on like what all the characters have been up to. And it says like, um Emmet is proposing to Elle tonight, um, and it's like all underscored to. Per- it's a perfect day, and it's just it's just so good and quintessentially two thousands. I think is is what it one.
1: just feels well, and like there to always me. has to be like a a ballad during the credits scene too. So like mm-hmm. after that song rolls and you've got the credits, then they've got the the song that talks about you know what makes you different, makes you beautiful, and that whole you know. <laughs> Yeah. That whole yeah. song, which is a little ironic considering the fact that I've, they change Mia in a lot they of ways. They changed everything about her. To make her, <laughs> <Yeah>. her <laughs> like conventionally attractive. Mm-hmm. princess mold. But she is also still very much her awkward, lovable mm-hmm. self. Herself, yeah. So I love that she doesn't entirely change. She goes through a moment at the beach party where she's trying to be one of the cool kids. Mm. But... That beach party pains me. Also, so okay. It really so what is the painful. what the
0: Mean Girls do to her is setting is a setup for child pornography because yeah, they it's bad. They pull all these photographers around and they say like, "Okay, her bathing suit's off," meaning like we want you to take naked pictures of this fifteen-year-old princess. Yes, you're like that is illegal.
1: That is child pornography. You're like that's. Taking it way too far, but I do love that the the PE teacher just like and she looks like she's in her pajamas and she's got her whistle still, and she's love that coach. I love that coach. Hurries in and rushes her off, and she's. The coach has like been
0: cheering for for Mia, kind of the whole the whole movie, and she's like, "I don't want to fail you. All you have to do is hit the ball once and and score a home run one
1: time, and you can pass." Which um, how satisfying that when she hits the ball, it hits Josh. <laughs> yes, nails him in the nads. <laughs> so a pair, uh, there was a it was supposed to be like a you know hit him in in the balls, but then he was like. Um, the what is it there's like some the people who do like the ratings for the films they're like well if you're going to keep it pg then it should hit him in the stomach, so you'll see that he like clutches just above, so above, it's like it, yeah, low stomach, just above his stomach. Yeah. But he he's like writhing on the. Gu- granted, I'm not a guy right. who has
0: ever been hit in the junk before, <laughs> but <laughs> but like he's like writhing on the floor on the ground in pain for a while for a stomach hit. Like obviously I we
1: all we all know what that's supposed to be, right? But they were trying to make it a little more ambiguous. To, that's like so keep funny because it is yeah kids rating this Actually, is
0: rated G. Is it just G? Okay, yeah. mm, See, yeah.
1: Especially then, they probably would have had to make it PG if they had made that more explicit. Oh, oh, that's so. Yeah, (laughs) just to yeah, crossing the line. Can we talk about that? Getting a live-action movie that is genuinely good and everyone in the family can enjoy it and it's only rated g and it's g yeah i was just thinking about that like it's so
0: crazy that i'm as an adult woman in 2021 i'm able to enjoy princess diaries a g-rated movie so much like as much as i was able to that's very like a good like credit to the the movie creators and everything and writers which um of course this is based off of this is based off of a book series by meg cabot did you ever read those books
1: i tried reading them but i never I did get into because them. i saw the movies first and then i heard that queen clarice is like way more mean in the movie in yeah. the books and then i was like well i don't want to ruin my perfect queen clarice
0: image <laughs> i know yeah yeah and it's um it's funny, too, because there were a couple people who left reviews, listener reviews, saying that, like, there was one person who said, like, oh, it's a good adaptation of the book. Um, I read the book and I enjoyed the book and I also enjoyed the movie. And then there was other people saying, like, oh, the books are better and I would like a remake that's a more faithful adaptation to the book. So I think that's interesting that, like, even amongst the the book readers, that there's varying opinions of this of this movie. Um, also like on a on a similar note of josh getting nailed in the balls um we have the fantastic scene also with mia smashing the ice cream cone on lana yes and and lily is chanting lana got
1: coned lana got coned i just love that the teachers and sandra O oh are just like willing to just Turn a blind They're eye. like, no, I didn't see what like, happened. Oh, send it out for dry cleaning.
0: <laughs> and it's so, there are a lot of moments of like, like satisfying moments of Mia, like standing up or, or becoming like more confident in herself. And that's, that's one of them where she, uh yeah. And she, yeah, she's like, she's like, I may have changed like what I look like, but you, you will always be a jerk. And it's just so, it's so good and satisfying to finally have someone tell the mean girl off.
1: Yes, I know. I love that there's some, yeah, some retribution for the <laughs> the mean people. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They get their comeuppance. Exactly. That's a fun word. It's a good word. Comeuppance. I wanted to bring up Lily because we kind of mentioned their friendship. And I do feel like their friendship shows growth, especially when Lily mm-hmm. admits that uh, when they're up on the basketball court and she admits, she's like, but I wanted you to be princess. And yeah. Mia is so shocked by that. And she doesn't. And and but like Lily's point is fantastic. And Mia uses it in her end speech. Yeah, there. I was um, actually going to bring that up, too. Yeah. Yeah. So where she mentioned so Lily's like, wow, is having the power to affect change. She says, you know, I I have a cable show, but I get five viewers like that's not really going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when Mia's giving her speech and she says that, you know, if I decide to use my voice as princess, then me and the voice of people smarter than me will be able to be much better heard. Which is such a great little moral to the story there. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was also I was gonna say also that um the that this movie it kind of adds more complexity to this like whole idea of the like stereotypical princess of like it's more and uh Clary says this towards the end of the movie too, that like it's more than just being pretty and having nice manners. There's a lot and more And knowing to- how to wave did you practice yeah. the princess wave? <laughs> Thank you for, for being, being here, here today. today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, how, like, there's a lot of diplomacy to it and being a good leader for your people. And and then, yeah, Lily adds on to that, too, of, like, you can affect actual change. And that's, that's very significant. And you shouldn't you know take that lightly and this is a great opportunity for you to make a difference in the world. So I like that especially given that this is a Disney movie, you know, and Disney is so known for for their princesses obviously mm-hmm. that it like kind of adds that bit of complexity and adds more more sides to to what it means to be a princess and we get again we get more of that in in
1: princess diaries too exactly <laughs> another plot point that continues you're like wow look at how strong she's becoming in her role as a as a female political leader Hmm. oh we we gotta talk we gotta talk about um gupta mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the queen is coming <laughs> Oh, I love her, and when she Why? has like, she hands her, her hands are shaking as she passes her the little the china. mug. china, and she's like, yeah. "I'm sorry, we don't have finer china." And then she just shoves this like paper
0: cup into Mia's mom's yes. hands here. <laughs> oh, and then also, also for whatever reason, I sang "Catch a Falling Star and Put It in Your Pocket" as a kid like so often. Yes. I would just go, catch a falling star. Oh, it and totally put it gets in stuck in my pocket. head every time I watch this movie. <laughs> That's so the, random because it that, doesn't necessarily yeah. come back around except for her, like, sadly singing it to
1: herself when in she's the car. in see, the car. See, then it does come back. Yeah. And I love uh, the Genovia theme song. I mean, come on. Oh, the, yes, Prime yes, the national anthem? An- yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the word. National anthem, not theme song. <laughs> theme song. <laughs> <laughs> theme songs for a movie, national anthem for a country. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Um, right.
0: I think that would be funny if we refer to our national anthems as the theme, theme song. songs yes. yeah <laughs> and you know what something tells me that you are not the first person to to complete to call, to like sure refer they, to it yeah. as a theme song yeah
1: <laughs> casey will just occasionally just burst into the genovian theme song or genovian national anthem so yeah
0: <laughs> genovia
1: my something the land i call my home I think we get a longer version of it in the second movie.
0: I was going to say, you get like a a little triumphant return. And
1: you just get like the end of it here because it's like Genovia, Genovia, you know? Yes, it gets a longer version. It's expanded upon. Uh Which makes you wonder if it was fully written for the first one and they just didn't cut uh, it down. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't use the whole thing or if they expanded on it once they're like, okay, we're going to do a second. Yeah. Here's the real question When are we getting Princess Diaries 3? Excellent
0: point. Excellent question.
1: I don't know. Is there is there I a real think, answer? No. As far as I, I know, there's nothing in the works. But that just makes me sad. I feel like from what I've heard, most of the cast is totally willing. It has just never been put yeah. in the works.
0: Actually, you know what? Let's save this topic and we can talk about this for the hash browns. Okay what our ideal princess diaries 3 would be. <laughs> yes, we can talk about we can dive into what are all the rumors? What are the who's confirmed, who's not confirmed? What would the plot be? Who is is Chris Pine still in it? Did they happily marry? Are they living happily ever after? Find out all this and more on the Hash Browns for this week which you can do by becoming a Something level tier patron for bacon tier. and eggs for sure ten dollars tier. tier okay yeah. <laughs> cool I know things all right I think we're close to we're close to wrap then for we've we've talked a lot about a movie where frankly not that much happens you know like we we pretty much talked about all of it usually I feel like I've
1: forgotten something but I think we hit it mm, I think we. Just love it so much. We had to disco- discuss every single tiny aspect. Every aspect, yes.
0: <laughs> all of the lines, the foot popping, the, the hair.
1: I do have more trivia for this movie, but I feel like oh, i well, shared Oh No, plenty. please
0: share it. See, this is what I knew. This is what I knew would happen is I was like, I'm going to come in and Valerie's going to be so prepared. She's going
1: to come in with all these notes and trivia and fun facts and it's going to be great. So please share. Well, here's the thing is that it's like was one of the first movies that I got really into as a kid between this one and the second one. And I just loved it so much. And it was, you know, around the time that, like, YouTube was becoming a thing. So I remember, like, looking up interviews with the cast. And I remember, like, when I got the DVD, you could, like, Listen to the commentary with Gary Marshall, and I went full-out nerd on Princess Diaries. And so it's really legitimately like the one and only movie that I have an absurd amount of trivia just logged away for. That's (laughs) so fantastic. It's all just saved for Princess Diaries. Um, Do you have a, a favorite fact that you didn't get to share? Oh, I think I shared most of my favorite ones. I do like that. I just the little things, like behind the scene things are always fun. Like Anne Hathaway is a vegan. So when she's eating the corn dog, it's like a vegan corn dog that oh. she shares with Julie Andrews. I didn't know she was vegan. Uh-huh. Also, that I don't, so I don't like corn dogs. I don't like mustard.
0: For, but for whatever reason, that, that delicious. looks delicious. <laughs> it looks so good when she, and she like offers it to, to, um, I should, I should add that. One of my grandmothers is actually very similar to to Clarice. And so kind of this idea of her, like, Eating a corn dog being like such a, a wild, crazy thing for her to do. Right. It's just like really funny to watch and, and, and picture. And then and, the fact that like she's surprised that it tastes good and everything. But that corn dog looked good. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's like if you could watch Emily Gilmore eat like a Pop Tart. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like you'd be like, Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, yes, very Emily Emily Gilmore. There's there's actually like several plot points, I think, in Gilmore Girls where they introduce... Richard or Emily to some like common food and they're like oh that's delicious what is this and they're like yes. it's it's hamburger like,
1: helper <laughs> they like make up a name for it yeah there's yeah there is one like they part her, where they feed her mac and Suki, cheese
0: yeah Suki brings like all this stuff that's uh, Lorelai's favorite things to eat yep. and she's like I thought you were pregnant and she's like no my parents are coming for dinner how can we make all of this like f- super fancy, fancy? <laughs>
1: This is pasta a la suki, and it's like yeah, mac yeah, and, cheese. and the the
0: like mini hot dog, the what are what are the, the those like called? the
1: taquitos, and they're like she calls them bellinis or something else. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, let me see if I can uh, do do their credits. Do I know them? Well, first, actually, let's let's sign off our ourselves. I guess Valerie, where can people find
1: you on the internet? So I co-host a podcast with my husband called Hello from Elsewhere. And we talk about all kinds of fandoms and different themes and movies and things. And uh, we actually did this past spring during quarantine. We did a entire commentary that you can listen along to with Princess Diaries. That's right. So if you want more movie trivia... It is all
0: there. You can find me on That's What I'm Talking About, where I'm actually, oh yeah, the last time I was on Bacon and Eggs was for Lord of the Rings. Um, I am still covering them. Guess what? It's three months later, I'm still covering <laughs> them. Let's see, when does uh, this episode comes out? This week. I'm like beginning at the start of Return of the King, so it's a fun time. You can find that wherever you get podcasts, and then I'm also on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and Instagram at mcturndown for Hot. Their credits are are similar to mine, probably, right? Let's see. So. that I almost said that's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBE. <laughs> Bacon and Eggs is a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBE.org where you can find all of our shows like Hello from Elsewhere, which Valerie is a host of, and last week Casey was on, and he is the other host. So go listen to that and
1: here's a promo now.
0: Do you find yourself thinking deeply about pop culture?
1: Do you wish for a super nerdy podcast that explores your favorite movies and books?
0: Well, look no further. From WBNE, it's Hello From Elsewhere.
1: On our podcast, we promise to literally transport you to all your favorite fictional settings.
0: I don't think we can actually promise that.
1: Yes, we can. Travel with us to the Death Star.
0: We can't put people in harm's way like that.
1: Or visit beautiful New Asgard.
0: That's so many plane tickets to Norway.
1: Explore the eras of Jane Austen or Frankenstein.
0: Metaphorically, we don't know how to implement time travel.
1: We do now on Hello from Elsewhere.
0: We're going to get in trouble with these promises.
1: With new episodes every other Friday, Hello from Elsewhere is available wherever you find your podcasts.
0: Yes, that part is true.
1: You can even listen on the Hogwarts Express. Oh boy. The cover art
0: is by Graphite. You can support Vaishan Brandon on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find Bacon and Eggs on social media at Bacon and Eggs Pod. <laughs> That's a great question. This is all wild
1: conjecture, by the way. <laughs> Let me look Just up what search Bacon and Eggs, Bacon and Eggs Pod. It, should come <laughs> it is up. Bacon
0: and Eggs Pod. Well See, done. I knew that. You. I don't know where you can find Tyler and Ethan on the internet. If you're listening to this still, you probably you already follow Tyler and Ethan. Um, their stuff will probably still be linked in the description. Yeah, I think that's all they all. Those are those are credits, right? I'm doing so good at these credits. They're gonna.
1: Hey, by the time you edit a few things out, it's just it'll gonna be great. sound
0: like you. <laughs> no knew one knew it know. all. <laughs> all right, I think that's it. How do how do they sign off? Arivadarchi, Amelia Mionet, Thermopolis Rinaldi, Princess of Genovia.